Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is man like Doreen. Hi, this is Tom Thelma. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel Hassan Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, O'Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Kyle Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to toe a pro. Hello and welcome to my bit rest journey. I'm Chris Lapham. I'd like to be joined on the line by commentator and podcaster, Sonny G. How are you doing, Nathan, Sonny? Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you, yeah. It's great to have you on. I said you it's been two and a half years probably since I last had a commentator on, I think. Wow, okay. That's, uh, uh, so, it's, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun to get a different perspective of the of the industry, so it's not really fun. For sure, to this. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, how's your 2022 go around uh, the Yeah. Yeah, real busy. Um, probably the busiest I've had yet, and it's, I think, definitely the year that I felt like I branched out a lot more mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the promotions that I did and sort of the scale of the promotions that I did. Uh, but yeah, I, overall, it was, it was super busy, and I'm very grateful for that. I mean, I've been doing this for like five years now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, a little while, but... Yeah, 2022 was definitely the year that I felt like it, I felt like I elevated a, a little more than uh, years gone by. Yeah, Wrestle Carnival must be it's probably the second, third, fourth biggest promotion in the country this quickly. It's only been around what, 18 months, two years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I've got the first three shows on DVD. I'm, I'm not, I haven't watched the third. The... <laughs> I haven't had a chance to watch anything recently, but it's it's such a ma- uh, G- uh, Gary's put together such an amazing show in such yeah. a short amount of time, and it's, uh, to, to the scale and the just the, the look of it, it looks like a, a proper this could be on telly type of thing. Yeah, uh, and you know what? When you're there, it feels like that as well. So the first the first one that I did for them, I actually did in mm. post. Yeah, uh, which was the hunt, uh, was where it was. Uh, Crowley against Max the Impaler. Yes, I love, so I love the, the build. Uh, the build for that match was hilarious. Oh, I know. I mean, <laughs> Crowley is absolutely awesome. But uh, that's the first show that I did for them, and then um, they moved to the HMV Empire in Coventry, mm-hmm. and that was the first show that I did live for them. And you know, you get there, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's an unbelievable venue. You, you know, you're looking around, and you've got. The rigging and the lights and just the whole aesthetic of the venue is is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, myself and uh, and RC we're we're on the stage and the, the first match out is Scotty Too Hotty versus Crowley. Yes. <laughs> so you know you know the Scotty Too Hotty comes out, two core music is playing and he's doing the dance in front of us and you're like and he's got pyro and smoke and you're sitting there and you're thinking. This is absolutely crazy that we're sitting here doing this in this amazing venue. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, what, what they've done in such a short space of time um, is nuts. So I, I, I can only imagine that the, the sky's the limit for Wrestle Carnival. It's a real pleasure to, to work there. And it's, mm. it's different, um, you know, just, <clears throat> just because of the sheer scale of it more than anything else. Yeah, my co-host Lance Rivera is going to be on the next show and he's so excited for it. It's, yeah, to be. Cause he's he's got to st- in the northwest. He's like main event in nearly everywhere. So, so to him to branch out, it's it's, it's amazing. And 
for him to get in front of a new audience and get to that level. Because my prediction yeah. for him this year was to be on the WWE Network, but then pro- progress and ICW on on the network anymore. So I was like, no. So, was like, so unless he gets to the NXT Europe. The, the thing is, though, now, yeah. you know, you, there's, there's so many eyes uh, on British wrestling mm. and wrestling around Europe that, I, you know, I don't think you need to be on the WWE Network mm. to, to be to be noticed these days. But definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, lo- I love Wrestle Carnival. But I, I did listen to one of your shows, and it's, it, you said you were thinking about quitting re- oh, the last mm-hmm. year or so because you had like, imposter syndrome. As, and yeah, has has being on like places like Wrestle Carnival kind of brought you up to that level? You're like, I I deserve to be on these shows, and it's like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the issue the issue was is when I, when I first started. I mean, I, you know, I started out basically solo in it. Mm-hmm. Or everywhere that uh, I went, and then you know, the more places that you do, you, you get people thrown with you. Yes. So whether that's you know, <clears throat> wrestlers or people just helping out on the show, looking for something to do, and you know, a lot of the time, commentary is an afterthought. Whereas, in my opinion, it shouldn't be. I know I'm going to be biased because I am a commentator, but you know, when you see clips and stuff online, you know, I, I feel like the commentary sort of enhances those clips otherwise it's just wrestling and mat noises you know yeah i remember going um, to watch my first wwe show and it was so weird to watch a live show yeah. without commentary I'm like, oh, it's weird. <laughs> yeah it, and it is weird and it's you know it's, it's one of those things that you know i i do feel that commentary adds a, a, an awful lot to to wrestling and you know when i was going you know like i said when i first started out i was doing a lot of the shows on my own and then I started getting people just put with me who weren't commentators. Um, like I said, whether that is ex-wrestlers or people just helping out on the show. And you just sort of like, you feel like, you, you know, you're not supposed to, to be there. You're just mm. there for, I don't know, just, just for the sake of being there. And then, you know, there's a voice on your show or whatever. But it does give you that sort of sense of imposter syndrome where, you know, you, have, every, you know, the focus is always on the wrestlers and the wrestling. And I get that 100%. I get that. <laughs> They're not there to watch commentaries, they're there to watch wrestling. But yeah, I, you know, I was, I was very lucky. I fell very lucky. Uh, APW in Telford, uh, where, you know, a couple of shows I had been just put with people. Mm-hmm. And then I was put with RC Chaos and they were on the day were sort of like, right, um, you're going to be doing commentary with RC Chaos today. And I was like, okay, great. I have no idea who that is. Um, so I sat down. He was like, Hi, I'm Rob. I was like, I'm Sonny. I, just, I literally just thought this is going to be another one of those. Mm-hmm forgettable um you know nights of commentary and you know it was getting to a point where it's like i don't know how much longer i can do this because you know i can't you know there's there's no steady partnership out there people want a commentary team mm-hmm. and me on my own i just can't provide that but then yeah i mean the first time we met each other me and rob we just hit it off on that night and then we just sort of started picking up a lot uh, a real sort of momentum Yes, definitely. And we started, you know, we, we started doing APW consistently. And then um, I, I I was doing, I was going to be doing Wrestle Carnival. Mm-hmm. But then sort of uh, Gary said, have you got anyone that you could do it with? And I was like, well, you know, well, I was just thinking me, you know, me and Rob are doing pretty good here. So I suggested him and then he started doing Wrestle Carnival shows with me. And that consistency has made me, you know, made me want to continue with it. 
because we've built such a, a good partnership over a very short space of time, less than a year we've been mm. doing commentary together. Um, so, you know, now that I've established that partnership, that sort of imposter syndrome has gone away because I know what I'm going into shows to do. Yes. You know, and I know who I'm going to be doing it with and the quality that I can, uh, of the commentary that we're going to be able to put out. So no longer you think, oh, Ross and I going to hold for me. You know, I mm. love doing this and I love being here, but what, what am I in for tonight? Now I know with every show that I go to what I'm going to be doing, who I'm going to be doing it with and, you know, like I said before, the quality that we're going to be able to put out. So yeah, that, that level of imposter syndrome has definitely got, I think if I'd have gone into Wrestle Carnival myself, I don't think I'd be doing it now. No. Oh, that's, it's amazing that you, yeah, you're now feeling that you've, yeah, to get over that, because I, I went through, I wasn't in phosphate, but I had a mental health breakdown last year, and mm. part of that was my role in my, my job, the whole office had changed, and I think, I mean, I just couldn't figure out what my off, the role in that office was, and it's took until sure, yeah. now, I reckon, the last two months, that I've found what my role in the office is now, because it has, mm. I've been in the same office for 20 years, yeah, yeah, and and the last one of everybody who, <laughs> who I started with, so yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah, so I think part of me getting signed off for three months was I just couldn't figure out what when you, you know, my role was. Yeah, but now, so, but sometimes now, you do need a break. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was the best best thing that ever happened to me having them three months off. Yeah, I got yeah. I went from being nearly eighteen stone. I'm forty and eight now. Yeah, I've discovered I've discovered a love for the gym. I started wrestling training. For some reason at forty one, but I'm doing it with my hey, seventeen year old. Never yeah, too old. Never too old. Everyone keeps saying <laughs> my, my knees. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it with a 17 year old son and he's loving it. And yeah, it's just, yeah, so I, I think finding that space in your life that you, you're like, yes, I'd, and I know what's going to happen is very important. Yeah. And, it, was, it was sort of just waiting for that direction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I was just popping up at shows here and there, catching bookings and stuff like that. And it was great, but I just, I just felt no real sense of direction with it. And I think that was what I was really struggling with. I was going to these shows and. <clears throat> Uh, on my own, so you just sort of, you know, you just sort of keep yourself to yourself and you don't feel part of the show, you don't feel part of the business. But mm-hmm. since, you know, partnering with Rob, um, you know, it's given me that sense of direction and it's given me that, um, you know, I belong here type type thing. And, I, you know, my voice adds two shows. And it's a, it's a, it's a great feeling to see clips being shared online from people you know, that you consider big stars, especially in this country, uh, and they're sharing clips with your voice on it. And it's, it's a great feeling, it really is. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a very important... I remember my mum saying when I was little that the favourite part of the show was the commentary team, because it was, like, mm. Grimmer Monsoon and Bobby Heenan or... Sure, yeah. <laughs> or Vince in there just calling them and manoeuvre and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. give, my, give my age away. <laughs> hey, look, I, I'm, I'm not far behind you on that. Yeah, but you can notice when a yeah, you know, like a, a bad referee can ruin a show, a bad commentary can ruin a show. You can have the best wrestler in the world, but you have a bad, a bad anything else can ruin a show. But having you can have a bad wrestler match, but a great referee or a great commentator can enhance that match to a level that's like oh, and that, that's what we're there for to mm-hmm. sort of you know, I mean you know a lot a lot of the guys and girls that I call matches for are just doing a phenomenal job. There's so much incredible talent yeah. in this country, but. You know, you are there to put the final pieces of the story together. Mm-hmm. There's only so much they can they can do in the ring, and obviously, it always comes across fantastic live. 
But when, you know, if you're sitting at home watching wrestling, you need that full presentation. It'd be like watching football with no commentary. It's boring. Yeah. <laughs> the match can be as exciting as anything, but you need that, you, you, you need that additional sort of piecing together, that additional noise, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I've got to a point where I barely like watching football by myself. I need to be with people to watch it. Mm. Yeah, cause that, that was when, when I was at my height to watch it, but yeah, we used to go to pub and mate to watch it. It was a social aspect of it that I loved. But yeah, sitting, sitting and watching them. <laughs> so I used to host the football podcast for years. Oh, okay. I, just got, I got to a point where I just stopped watching football because I wasn't going out as much because I had family commitments. As well. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so I got to the point where I think I was, I was literally just asking questions and, pe- I, and people would answer them. And I was like, I'm not having discussions now, so it's not as fun. <laughs> I just didn't know. No, because I wasn't fair. following it. So. So, yeah, but I'm really looking forward to going to, we're going to United versus. Barcelona in the pub on the 23rd, and I'm really excited for that. So, nice. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's going to your life where you have to book. We're going to pub. Yeah, booking a, booking a, a, month, yeah. a month in advance. <laughs> yes. I'm lucky, you see. My wife doesn't mind watching the football with me, so uh, we've sort of got her into it now. We've been up to Old Trafford a couple of times yeah. uh, this season already to watch uh, to watch United, so, yeah. Well, my, my, my partner only likes watching Liverpool or England, but she only likes watching important England matches and she if Liverpool aren't playing well, she'll just stuck in her phone and huff. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So we don't tend to watch football that much at home. But Fair. And my 17-year-old's got no interest in football at all. I've, I've hoped, as he got older, he might develop a taste for football. But yes, so, but but got, it sounds got, like he likes wrestling. So that's he funny. loves wrestling, yeah. yeah. He's the person that got me back into wrestling. So. Oh, okay. That's great. That's awesome. It's, it's good that you, when you find that sort of thing, hmm. It's cool that you can do that and enjoy it together. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Because I stopped watching wrestling-ish when I was about 16, 17, so mid-90s, just before the probably the Attitude Era got huge. Okay. And didn't properly get back into it until 2011. I was kind of keep up with it. I was dipping in and out. Mm. Like I, I got back into it in 2001 when the invasion was happening. So that was for like six months, and then I moved out, didn't have Sky. So I couldn't watch it for years, and it was like 2006. Heard ECW starting again. Oh, I watched this for a bit, and then, you know, CM Punk kept me in for a bit, and then yeah, 2011 he got into wrestling, so then we started watching it ever since. It's like back it'll, into it'll it. It'll always drag you back in. That's the thing mm-hmm. I've always found with it. You know, you can you can sort of fall, you know, not you can fall sort of out of love with it a little bit because there's so much of it. Oh, these days, uh, it's so, so hard. It's nuts. I mean, it's so difficult to keep up with, and sometimes you just lose your way with it. And but it, it just somehow always drags you back in. It's got this weird magnetism wrestling has. It just mm-hmm. does just drag you back in. Yeah, the little that I did watch it, I would be just hung over in bed on a Sunday after going to crazy else, just, <laughs> <laughs> just dying, dying in bed. And so, so that's easy to watch. Just put that on. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, this will give your age away. Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Hogan. Hogan. Yeah. Uh, I was always a Hogan guy, and I think it's I think it's just because of the age that I started watching wrestling. So uh, I started watching wrestling around WrestleMania six. So I'm yes. 38. Um, so I started watching wrestling around WrestleMania six, and of course that year was uh, Hogan Warrior for the for both the IC and the WWF Championship. So, and I was always a Hogan guy. I had the Hulkamania Forever video, I had the Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy and action, and, you know, Hasbro figure. Um, still fuming to this day that Ultimate Warrior won that match, but <laughs> yeah, I, I was always a, always a Hogan guy. And then he went to The Rock when, 
you know, just before he turned in, just as he turned into the rock. So as he came out of Rocky Maivir into so the rock. So then it's a domination period. Yeah. Because well, yeah. so, I'd stopped watching around 95, 96 as well. I think it's just because I was sort of getting to that. It was, and it was bad. <laughs> it was terrible, yeah. It was really, really bad. We tried to watch the Roars. During lockdown, oh. we saw lots of Roars. And we'd always, we tried it twice, and every time we got to, like, 95, we just couldn't watch it anymore. So when Mabel becomes, like, main event, you're like, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's <laughs> really, really bad. And it's like, <laughs> you thought, I thought, you know, you think you're too cool for it at that point. And so I stopped watching for a bit, and then I got back into it around the 98 Rumble. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which is a great, a great Rumble. And uh, The Rock did a promo, and it was a bit edgier than what I remembered wrestling to be. It had actually gone a bit grown up. We're just about to head into uh, the Attitude Era, DX were a thing at this point, obviously. So, yeah, then it sort of turned to The Rock. And then, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I really have favourites these days. But, yeah, Hogan, it was definitely Hogan growing up. Yeah, I struggle to think of what my favourite would be these days. I always liked Alistair Black, but I wouldn't say he'd ever be like in my top ten wrestlers of all time. Yeah, especially not now. Now that he's... I mean, you know, they're doing okay in AEW, but they're not turning, they're not pulling up trees. No. I think if he'd have, you know, I think if he'd have stuck around in WWE, if he wasn't released from WWE, and then the whole Triple H takeover, mm. like, of creative would have been around at that point, uh, I think Alistair Black would have been a, a huge player in WWE, perhaps even sort of pushing up towards sort of WWE championship level, but... um yeah, um, to be honest, I'm a bit of a sucker for Cody these days. I, I hate yeah. him in AEW, <laughs> but I think it was just the the, the tryhard of trying to to beat down WWE. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when he realised that that wasn't going to happen, and he left, and now he's back. And I'm a bit of a sucker for Cody these days. Which is something about when that music hits, it comes out and the ridiculous fireworks. Yeah. It's <laughs> sort of like a, a throwback style nature to it, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've had a proper thing because I went for, yeah, Macho Man. I was younger than I saw Michaels, and when I got back into it, it was RVD and then CM Punk. So I don't think I've had a like a proper. He's my man since CM Punk back. Well, it's during his WWE run. I love that run when, when, when he was the champion. When he was champion for so long, and he was a heel, and he had Heyman with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Just absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Second, set, literally second to none at that point. You know, obviously, he called himself the best in the world. I don't think he was the best wrestler in the world, but I think he was no. absolutely the best personality that they had at the time. And, uh, yeah, I was a big CM Punk guy. And it, 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 uh, it really turned me against him when he left WWE in the way that he did. Yeah. That's got, yeah. Yeah, that's got to that thing from just. Yeah, carry on doing something because <laughs> it was quite sad seeing him come back in like his forties and to AEW. It was it was great seeing him back, but For he sure. wasn't the same guy. He was. Uh, no, so. definitely not. I mean, I always say this with wrestling, and CM Punk is a good case in point with this. Is you, you know your body changes as you as you get older. You know your, your limitations <laughs> change, and he was trying to still be CM Punk of you know ten years ago when he should have sort of realised his body's limitations and mm-hmm. worked to them. Work smarter. You don't need to you don't need to be doing springboard clotheslines and stuff like that in you know in your forties or whatever. Just unless you know that your body is fully capable of it. Work to your limitations and you can still be a great worker. How they how they use an edge in WWE is perfect. So he comes back, has yeah. a little run, then he's off telly for months, yeah. let himself recover. 
And then he comes back, does a little run. Perfect like example. Yeah, so like... yeah, get, get yeah. <laughs> they do the injury angle, but then he comes back. But yeah, that's a perfect example of it. And I think you know, Jericho seems to look after himself very well. And obviously Jericho is sort of in his 50s now. And um, yeah, he wasn't looking too great at one point, but he's now in phenomenal shape. But he doesn't need to work every week. You know, he, he just doesn't. And he keeps himself fresh with the, the constant sort of, you know, way that he works his, his, his whole gimmick and the fact that he's so adaptable. So Jericho's quite um quite a good example of working smarter. And he doesn't do loads of single matches. He's he's, he's in tags a lot or he's in multi person matches a lot. Yeah. And, or he's just yeah, or he's just talking a lot of those doing songs yeah, with Jake and Jeff and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I still love that me and my shadow segment's one of my favourites. It was great to be fair. It was different at the time. People hated it on the internet as well, which was the funniest thing. Yeah, I love Dix. It was one of my granddad's favourite songs, Me and My Shadow. So it was oh, okay. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool. Mm. So you mentioned you, yeah, you've worked for all these companies. How did you actually yeah. get into the business itself? Back in the day? So. Um, so it was by by chance, really, because we were doing the Games and Graphs podcast, and we've been doing it for a long time now. And... Um, 2016, I think, did you start to read that? Maybe. It, yeah. It, it, yeah, it could very well be. You might be right. I can't remember now mm. for the life of me. But um, uh, my my buddy Rich, he's my buddy now. He wasn't then. He they they were they were starting up Turnbuckle TV, mm. uh, which then obviously later moved into Powered Four TV. And I reached out to him just to see if there was anything that the podcast could sort of offer this new platform. Uh, me and Rich got talking, and you know, I, I, I started to feel like I could, I could contribute something. I didn't know what, but I've always wanted to be a part. Uh, you know, I've been watching this since I was six or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, so you think oh, I'd love to be involved a bit more. Maybe I could try my hand at commentary because you know I could talk and do a podcast. I know wrestling moves because I'm a move geek. <laughs> so I messaged him. I was like, "Do you think you get? You know, there could be an in for me somewhere." My local promotion. Uh, to where I live was wrestling in Hinkley. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spoke with Tom, who runs wrestling in Hinkley, uh, TJ Sky, great guy. And I was like, look, you know, I'd like to try my hand at commentary. Do you think it's something that would be possible? And he was like, yeah, look, here's the footage from the last show. Go for it. Uh, so I did it. Um, and yeah, it just sort of took off from there very quickly as well. It mm. was sort of like, I think Rich helped a lot because he was sort of saying, oh, this guy does commentary now. So, because they were getting a lot of shows come back to them to put on their on demand that didn't have commentary, but he was sort of suggested me to do commentary for some of these promotions, and it, it just sort of took off from there. So I ended up sort of doing uh, DKW, which is based in Essex, and then mm-hmm. I did uh, DNA, uh, who were based in Ipswich. I did a few of their shows. Um, yeah, and it all just sort of took off, and yeah, it, it was basically like that. So by chance, more than anything. Was there somebody you wanted to like, like mold your style around when you started? Um, I I'm a, I'm a <coughs> big fan of seeing moves called. So I'm a big play-by-play guy. And mm. you know, when I was growing up, it was always sort of Jr. and the King. And well, before you know, especially around that time. And then before that, of course, it was Monsoon and the Brain and Vince and stuff. Um, but that around that time, um, it was Moro Ronaldo. Mm. Um, oh, she was yeah. doing. He was just doing unbelievable work in NXT. I loved. The, the way that he told the stories and the way that he called the moves. And I was like, oh, man, this is, this is so awesome. He just breathes life into this already great product and he takes oh, it and he them. elevates yeah. it. 
So uh, around that time when I started getting into commentary, it was it was Moro um, who I wanted to sort of um, to, to sort of base any sort of commentary style on because it felt modern, it felt it felt fresh, and he was calling the moves and it felt very knowledgeable. Uh, and that that's the that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that I wanted to bring to some of these shows to see if mm. I could help elevate those shows in the same way that Moro would elevate NXT at that point. Yeah, I, I love his style. I love the way he, he'd always throw in pop culture references, but he'll call yeah. it be so quick the way he spoke, and I was like, oh, loved it. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Was it difficult um, it, uh, doing shows that you weren't at and maybe not knowing the wrestlers? Because they, yeah. they'll have a move, but they'll probably call it something different. So like, did you have to, to reach out to people and say, what is your finisher called? Or was, or, Sometimes, but it's weird because, you know, I was going to shows, especially in the early in the early days of me doing commentary and people just didn't have names for their moves and a lot of them still don't you ask them um you know what the names of their moves are and they're just like i don't really have any because sometimes i guess commentary was something that i guess wasn't as common as it is now i mean there's so many great commentators in this country but um people just weren't naming their moves so i was just calling it what i knew the move as yeah. No one ever sort of came back to me and was like, hey, this is what my move's called. Why didn't you call it that? So it was difficult in the beginning because there were guys, guys and girls that I, I'd never seen before, you know, mm. and I can hold my hand up and be like, look, I, you know, I, I was new to the scene at this point. So I had no idea who some of these people were. So, you know, trying to remember fresh names uh, was enough at the start, let alone yeah. trying <laughs> to remember their moves and stuff as well. But, um, yeah, it's not too much. It's not too much of an issue now. The only person they're about to ask for their moves recently was Lizzie Evo, and I, re- I, I messaged her and I was like, "Look, what are your move names?" And she, uh, she's like, because obviously she's a big Liverpool fan. She's like, the, the clop drop, and I was like, "I'm not saying this is garbage <laughs> on my commentary. You can absolutely do one." Um, she was like, "You haven't got to say it if you don't want to." So she wasn't asked, but um, I did it begrudgingly through gritted teeth. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. Yeah, my finish has got to be called. Dark Shadow, but I have absolutely no idea what the finisher is yet. <laughs> oh, you've got a name. I like that. I love that you've got a name for it, but no actual move to tag to it. I think that's great. Well, the original, I'm thinking, I love the cross-faced chicken wing, so I was like, but... Yeah. You don't tend to get submission moves on the indie shows. <laughs> no, but you should. Paul Heyman said something once that I always found interesting, and I carry it with me all the time. It's like anything can be put over as a finisher. Yes. If you, you know, or, or if it's sold in the correct way, a sleeper hold in 2023 could still be a finisher. Oh, definitely. And you never see the crossface chicken wing. I love it. Ever. I mean, you know, Bob Backlund obviously used to do it, but I'm trying to think who did it in WCW. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, crossface chicken wing could absolutely be a finisher in 2023. Bring that back. Yes. Yeah, you can dark. reinvent the submission game on the Indies, and I'd love yeah. that. Yeah, Dark Shadow. <laughs> there it is, the Dark Shadow. Yeah, chicken wing, Dark Shadow. That's from, that's from uh, My Hero Academia, because the guy... Oh, okay. ...has Dark Shadow. <laughs> my son's got me into that recently. <laughs> hey, man, so many people are into anime these days. My nephew is nuts on it. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the things. Just none of my friends were into it, so it's just something I've never got into, but yeah, he, he likes it. <laughs> And yeah, hey, well, if, if he's off college and I'm working from home that day, that we'll just sit there and we'll just binge. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, so. Do you have like a favourite moment or a favourite match you've commentated on? Favourite match? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I've had some, re- I've, you know, I've been very lucky, especially over the last year, to, <laughs> to have some cool moments. 
um, calling and, you know, probably the biggest star that I'd done at the time um, was Eric Young. Yes. So Eric Young wrestled uh, for APW and it, that was the first show that I did with uh, RC Chaos, actually, and that was the start of our, you know, commentary partnership. So for us to sort of sit there and that be the first night of our sort of, you know, commentary partnership to sit there and call Eric Young for the main event of that show where he wrestled Luke Basham that night for the APW Championship. And that was very cool. And he was a great dude as well. Mm. Um, but being able to sit there whilst, you know, people that you've watched on TV are wrestling in front of you. Mm. I mean, at Wrestle Carnival when Scotty Too Hotty came out and you're like... <laughs> This this is insane to me because, you know, I grew up watching, you know, the Attitude Era. I had a Too Cool t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to, you know, be Scotty Too Hotty on SmackDown 2 and WWF No <laughs> Mercy and stuff like this. And now the guy is on the same show as, as me. Mm-hmm. And just being able to interact with these people and they're your peers for the night is is crazy to me. And it's still crazy to me now. Like... I met Ale- uh, Alexander Wolf, well, um, Axel Tisha, uh, yeah. on the f- on the first wrestle uh, carnival show we did in Coventry, and I was like, it was so weird because I met you at Download Festival and got your <laughs> autograph on like a WWE autograph sheet thing, and now I'm here working commentary on the same show that you're working, and it's nuts. And he was like, hey, it's effing awesome, and he was, <laughs> he, was he was a great dude as well. So being able to work with these people that I've watched on TV. Um, it, it's just so cool for me still. There's no, I don't, you know, you call so many matches, it's very difficult to sort of pinpoint one. Mm. But, uh, the moments, you know, I think being at, being at shows and just seeing it all unfold as something you've always sort of dreamed of doing as a kid. And then, you know, when you, you, you become an adult and you get to be a part of it all, it's, uh, that's the coolest thing for me. And it, it's, a uh, it's still cool now. It, it, it just doesn't get old. I, I love being a part of it, and that's the coolest moment for me. It's just being a part of it. So I, I, it's difficult to pinpoint uh, one match or one moment, but the Eric mm. Young one felt like a turning point in my personal commentary career. I'd, lo- I'd love them to bring back Sanity now under Triple H because I loved them in NXT. It's, yeah, it's... Eric Young's apparently re-signed with WWE. He's not come back yet, but apparently Ooh. Eric Young has. Resigned with WWE. That's why he's not in Impact anymore. Because they did the uh, they did the thing in Impact where they killed him off, yeah. and that was basically everyone was reporting almost straight away after that episode of Impact aired that he'd resigned with WWE, but we've just not seen him back yet. Ooh, I might heard that. That's be fun. Because I've kind of seen Nikki back back a bit NXT Nikki. So like, ooh, yeah. Triple H is is uh, re is re undoing the <laughs> crap stuff that Vince did. So, do, well, I think we'll start to steadily see things trickle back to, well, we already are. I mean, I think WWE's yeah. great at the minute, so. Yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is weird seeing people, like, I've, I interviewed years ago, but, like, I interviewed LA Knights. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, years and years, so seeing him on Royal Rumble against Bray Wyatt, it was like, it's like I interviewed you years ago when you were the Hollywood he-man. <laughs> you yeah. like, like what, what was cool, I, I did... Um, I did a podcast a few years back before I was a commentator. Uh, I did a, a podcast with Just Incredible. Yes. <laughs> that was surreal, man. Like, it was so weird, like talking ECW and WWE with him. And then after we'd done the, the podcast, he FaceTimed me from wherever he was. Wherever he was, it was snowing crazy. 
And he was just such a nice dude. He was like, thank you so much for doing the podcast and taking the time out to do it. And it's like, wow, okay, that's right now the ECW geek in me is is flipping out inside. But I'm going to be cool because I'm on FaceTime to you and pretend yeah. <laughs> it's not bothering me whatsoever. So yeah, uh, it's just, it's just it's such a, a cool business to be a part of, and especially when it's something that you never think you'd be able to be a part of because it always felt, especially when I was a kid, and I guess when you were a kid, it always felt very you have to be in America to be part of this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the the British scene, although there the was one, it was very much fake Kane, fake Undertaker, fake Rock. See, see that, your local that, that, center. Yeah, or, yeah, but you go to Butlins to watch the wrestling. And <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to have been a scene when I was little. Or even in my early 20s, if there was yeah. training schools and stuff, that's what. <laughs> Hey, look, like I said, never too old. You're all good. Yeah. MVP didn't start until what? Until his 40s? I think, oh, no, I think he's earlier than that. I think, I think he started training in his late 30s. So, yeah. There you go, you see. Never too yeah. old. Yeah. Like, well, my favourite wrestler is that local Mr. Williams. He didn't start until he was 38, and he's in the best shape of his life now at 46. So I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I love it. I just kind of wish I started. <laughs> I didn't have to wait till I could get to 80s though and have a metal breakdown just to get into this fitness thing. <laughs> so like, so. Hey, look, you've all got to start somewhere. The only reason I sort of started getting fit and stuff is because of, I had bad food poisoning. It's, it's weird, the things that mm. kick you into shape. And the most important thing is, is sort of where you go from here. Yeah, as I said, I'll just say, I'm a coach, Sean only. He was like, yeah, he's just really impressed with how my fitness has gone over the last nine months and I'm keeping up with all these younger guys. So recently, I think I was probably the oldest there by at least 10 years. So mm. now, now a couple of older people have joined. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, yeah, really proud of myself to just to be able to do it because uh, this time last year I was getting tired going up the stairs. So now that... That's, uh, and you should be proud. You know, now what you need to do is pull out that cross-faced chicken wing and show the youngsters how it's really done. <laughs> I thought that could be a fun gimmick. Why you keep putting me against these kids? I should be on the main show. I shouldn't be on the trainee show. I'm 40 years yeah. old. <laughs> just, just killing them all with a crossface chicken wing. That'd be sick. Yes. I love that. <laughs> cool. So, so did you start wanting to be only a commentator, or did you have any ever have any ambitions of becoming a wrestler? I think you do when you when you when you when you are a kid. Mm. But again, you know, when I was you know when I was growing up, it didn't really feel like it was there. And the, and the option was there. I mean, it may, it may very well have been, but I think, you know, there's where, where there's, there's a lot of training schools now that perhaps wasn't then. So as much as I would have loved to have been, you know, me and my friends, we obviously goofed around with doing backyard stuff when we were younger and whatnot. And a lot of people get their start that way. I mean, you know, but I, I didn't, I, I never thought it was something that I'd be capable of. No. Um, as much as I would have loved to, for sure, I never thought it'd be something that would be able to happen. And I, I felt, you know, by the time I'd sort of um, got into the industry through doing commentary, I, I really felt like the ship had sailed. Mm. Do I think the ship has sailed now? I think the ship is very much back in the dock. But <laughs> I'm... Have you, um, have, you, have you had a training session? I'm, uh, I, it's something that is absolutely being considered currently, but I'm not... Um, so, the, you know, the, the dream is still alive, I'll, I'll say, at the minute. Yeah. So yes, okay. is the answer to the question. <laughs> yes, I, I would have always loved to be a wrestler, but just to be a part of the in, the industry at all was something that I never thought could uh, could happen. And the fact that it that it has and is currently 
is awesome. But, you know, I, I, I would love to see, even if it's just one match. Yeah. You know, just one match. Just to say I've done it. Yeah. I keep saying something else. That was, that was my thing when I started. So I just want to have one match and that then turn into I want to have one good match. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna push the bar out that far and think I'm gonna have one good match. I just want to have one match, and I'll be happy. Right, not even good, competent, <laughs> competent match. <laughs> yeah, I want to have an I want to have an okay match where I don't fall through the ropes on the way into the ring, and I'll be happy. Yeah. You were announced for to be part of the main event game. Yes, yeah, yes. that's awesome. I mean, um, yeah, uh, that's another another cool thing. Again, that you another thing that you never think is going to be able to happen. No. <laughs> And then, yeah, I, 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 I used to James with a developer a couple of months ago, and it sounds like it's going to be a really fun game. Oh, dude, I'm so I'm so excited just to just to have your image and your name, uh, you know, and to be you know a, some yeah, a character in a game. Hmm. This nuts to me again. You know, somebody who's growing up playing video games and watching wrestling does a podcast about that very subject. <laughs> to be able to be in a video game and advertised. Mm-hmm. In a video game is it's nuts. I can't wait to see it. One hundred percent, will be hiring myself. My fee will be cheap, so <laughs> I'll be able to build my promotion by paying me pittance. So that's 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 you know it's it's, it's a great it's a cool thing. It's so crazy as well that it's gonna gonna be gonna be happening. Yeah, um, DBG Wrestling with the umbrella of these podcasts is in indie wrestling. We're one of the people you you you're going to have an interview with. It's, it's yeah. cause a holic and talk wrestling, and somehow, because we interviewed the guy, he put us in the game. <laughs> no, that's so awesome, though. <laughs> it's, you know? it's, like, it's, it's, it's so yeah. crazy. And, I mean, that's got to be cool for you, though, right? Oh, yeah. To see, to see your podcast in, yeah, in the I, game. Yeah, I, I, I played the game for about three weeks, just waiting. I was like, wow, am I want to do an interview? BBG has come up. Like, yeah. <laughs> and when it, it happened, it, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it, it just, it's, a, it's another cool thing to add to the list of. The endless list of cool things mm. to have happened since being part of, you know, professional wrestling. And, but th- that one's crazy to me. People, you know, you'd be able to get it on Steam and stuff when it comes out and, but you'll be able to hire me as a commentator in the game. And to me, that's crazy. It really is crazy. But cool. so cool. So cool. I'm like, I'm such a geek for stuff like that as well. I love video games and I, yeah, I love pro wrestling. So the two, I've always felt the two go together. Hence why I do the podcast. But, uh, for, for that to, to happen is, a, is an unbelievably special moment for me. And I can't, you know, express my gratitude enough to, to the guys behind the main event game for even one, you know, for even being, even willing to have me in the game. Yeah, I can't wait for it to come out. Sounds really fun. <laughs> so yeah, you've been to a few times, so away from the ring, you, you host a few podcasts, but we're going to yeah. focus on games and reps. So I look, I, yeah. I want to say I love games, but I do literally like playing wrestling games, football manager games, a bit of hey, FIFA. Games, games. <laughs> doesn't matter. It does not matter how casual you are with games. Games are games. Mm. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, I'll play, yeah. I still play Here Comes the Pain. It's my favourite game. It's, Dude, it's, it's the best wrestling game <laughs> ever made, and I will hear nothing else. I will hear nothing bad said about Here Comes the Pain ever, because it's so awesome. Yes. It was, what was so awesome about it at the time is that it was different to, you know, because I, I love the SmackDown series anyway. But when Here Comes the Pain came out, it felt different because the art style was different, even to that of SmackDown 4. Mm-hmm. It felt a lot, um, I don't know, the character models are awesome in it. And, and I've played it very recently as well, and it still holds up yeah. even now. 
what's great, and this is a weird thing to say as a commentator, no commentary makes no that commentary. game better. Yeah. 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 Commentary's, that's the one thing they need to fix on wrestling games. Is, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, even my friends who didn't like wrestling loved playing Here Comes the Pain because it was so arcadey. Like, yeah, that's so, it, yeah. Mm. Like first, first one of the games to have the Elimination Chamber in as well. And mm-hmm. it all, it, everything about that game felt next level. Like a big step up from SmackDown Shut Your Mouth, which was the one before. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think it's amazing now. Yeah, because uh, the games after that, I just didn't, I, I think I liked SmackDown vs. Raw. But then yeah, after that, was really good. yeah, it just seemed to go downhill. Because our favourite thing on the Here Comes the Pain, we made our roster, you could have 32 creator wrestlers, and it'd all fit on one roster. If you deleted enough of the real wrestlers, you could have a whole roster <laughs> yeah. of just your created wrestlers and then the Raw or Smackdown would be all real wrestlers. Yeah, so you could just, yeah. And there's yeah. a way, a way if you could make, if you copied one of your created wrestlers, the person you copied would have the same abilities as that one, so you kind of make a, you can make yeah, a whole yeah. roster, you got, yeah, you have jobbers and big card if you, <laughs> and you have main events. So it's like, yeah, we, yeah, we spent far too much time. <laughs> no such thing. Uh, I <laughs> Me and my buddies, we used to play WrestleMania 2000 from the, the uh, N64. Back in the day, yeah. and we used to sort of, we had our championships that we created, and every time we got together, which was a lot, we'd sort of play, and uh, it was, they're the best of times. When, you know, those kind of, that's why I love video games, especially old video games, <laughs> because you always have those sort of memories attached to them. And when you go back and play them now, and they're still so good, you know, those memories just come flooding back, and there's nothing like a bit of video game nostalgia for me. Yeah, it was either um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, or... Here comes the pain. We tend to play a lot. I'd say we. I never actually played San Andreas. I just used to watch my friends play it. So I just yeah. enjoyed the story. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> totally fair. Yeah. So uh, tell us about the podcast. So, so uh, with the games and grass, we've been through a few different names, but um, it was just I, I. I used to listen to um, there was a, a podcast that I liked called PS I Love You XOXO. It's a PlayStation podcast. Hmm. It used to be hosted by Greg Miller, who is now part of uh, Kind of Funny Games. I think that podcast was part of Kind of Funny Games. I can't remember either way. And Colin Moriarty. And I loved the way that they talked so in-depth about uh, video games and went yeah. into sort of the industry stuff that you never really you never really hear or pay attention to. So I messaged my buddy, Finn, who I uh, I used to work with. And, you know, we always got on because, you know, we both for our love of video games and wrestling. And I was listening to these podcasts, and I was like, you know, what? I'd, I'd love to do this. So, and I didn't really know anyone that I could do it with, and I didn't want to do it on my own. So I messaged Finn out of the blue one day, and I was like, look, uh, Finn, are you still playing vid- uh, video games? Knowing full well the answer would be yes. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, I am. Are you still watching wrestling? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, look, I've got an idea. I don't know what you think, but uh, you, would you kind of want to record a podcast? And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? So he came to mind later that week. We did it in such a, a, a crap way. Because we, we, uh, we had none of the gear at this point. Yeah. So we had the ideas, all the gear, no ideas. All the ideas, no gear. So that's what it was at the time. <laughs> so we basically, we sat opposite, we sat on the same table, iPad in the middle with its speaker, uh, with its microphone, and we just recorded the podcast through GarageBand. Um, yeah, I know. And it, sort of, it just sort of took off from there and, we started doing some streaming as well uh, on YouTube, and then we decided to sort of take it into video form. And it's definitely—I mean, you listen to those first episodes; I'm sure they're terrible. I've, you know, I've never gone back and listened to them. 
But, you know, we're like 168 episodes deep at this point. Um, we still have so much fun doing it. And I think it's probably, it's, it's evolved from us talking about video game news and wrestling news to just mm. having fun. And it's, it's probably turned into more of a comedy podcast now than it, than it is. It's probably, it's more of a comedy podcast about video games and wrestling. Mm-hmm than anything else now it's not informative so if, you, if anyone comes to our podcast <laughs> the information they're going to be so disappointed so a couple of shows ago we did a call-in with it was such a stupid idea and i messaged Finn, i was like look i want to i've got a, i've got a funny idea and it, when you look at, <laughs> so basically we had a goat calling in and we pretended that it was the goat from goat simulator Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we just took a bunch of goat noises, really, really stupid goat noises, and so we asked questions, and the goat would respond, <laughs> and we would pretend that we could understand what it was saying. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of podcast that we're doing now. <laughs> Nothing informative whatsoever, <laughs> just so stupid. But you know what? We record. We've gone back to recording every week mm-hmm. again, and we're having so much fun with it at the minute. And that I think that's the most important thing. I think it keeps us sane by doing insane, stupid things on the podcast. So yeah, it's gone from, we wanted to be a serious podcast about gaming news and wrestling news and giving our opinion. And we still do give our opinion on stuff, mm. but we always, in a roundabout way, turn it into to something stupid and make uh, stupid jokes. And, and uh, we, we just have fun with it. So it went from being serious to now it's not serious. And mm. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure if I go back and listen to my first podcast, it'll be awful. I remember 13 people listening listen to the first podcast, and I was quite proud of 13 people. So, so yes. Oh. <laughs> I remember put on Twitter, more followers than Jesus. Because <laughs> 13. <laughs> That's, hey, look. Uh, any, um, you know, one person is better than no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I used to be in a band in a, long, a long time ago now. And we always used to say, you know, sometimes you would go to um, and play shows, and you'd be playing in front of, like, four people but if those four people enjoyed it that's the, the most important thing your, t- your time is well spent so no matter how many people listen to the podcast I mean, you know we're not exactly pulling trees up and you know millions of people listen to our podcast but we have a core group of people that listen to our podcast and they we, we chat about it in the discord and you know communicate on twitter and stuff and we do you know we have a core group of people that come to the live shows that we do we just started doing them again for like oh wow yeah so we, we call them the pre-show before the pre-show, and we discuss the <laughs> WWE shows. So we, we go live a couple of hours before the WWE pre-show would mm-hmm. go live. So we call it the pre-show before the pre-show, and we, we talk with that core group of people that come along to these streams, and we, we have a great time. And that's the most important thing, I think. You know, we, uh, When you first start, you're like, I want to be a, a success here. I, I want to make a success of this. But, you know, over time, and I'm sure you found the same, it's literally a case of, we just want to have fun with this. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's turned to, I just want to talk to Nick and Lance every week, mostly. If <laughs> yeah. I talk to Nick and Lance, I'd literally talk to my family and people at work. So the most important thing is that you have fun mm. with it. And I, I think that is the most important thing. You've got to have fun with it. Yeah, I, I do say, I don't, used to be obsessed with looking at analytics and stuff like that, but I just, I don't care these days. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care. We put the podcast out, we, we, we get some cheap laughs, we put clips on TikTok and if it goes, you know, if they do, the clips do well, they do well. If it, you know, if it, if it helps get eyes on the podcast, brilliant. But yeah, we're, so. we're, we're past the point of really 
caring now. And we're just, uh, I mean, my main focus now is, you know, is the only thing I, I feel like I could make a success of is commentary. Um, mm-hmm. But I will, I love doing the podcast so much that, you know, I, I never want to stop doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that it's, the podcast is so important to me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Without, without that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing commentary and I wouldn't get to do podcasts like this. Um, you know, which I consider a, a real privilege because, you know, a few years ago, why would anyone want to speak to me? But now, you know, I, I consider it a real privilege <laughs> that, uh, you know, people would want to speak to me. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. It was a, that was a, when we started the football podcast in 2013, it was just get an ex Premier League player to come on. So we messaged like every random <laughs> and then, and Nicky Eden, who used to play for Birmingham and Barnsley, finally said yes. I was like, yes, I'll Premier League player up. Nice. It was good. <laughs> and I kind of opened the floodgates because he, he, he enjoyed it. And yeah. other people enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. See, that's mm-hmm. the thing. It only takes that one thing. So my buddies, um, so basically with Games and Graphs, we, we have, uh, we basically, we call ourselves Team Games and Graphs Studios now. So we have all of, <laughs> we have a few podcasts on the podcast stream. Yeah, we have my my own podcast, the Clubhouse podcast, which is completely nonsense. Again, if you wanted to listen to a podcast for any sort of informative reason, that's not the podcast to listen to. All right, it's stupid. It's me swearing and being stupid for half an hour, forty minutes. But my buddy Steve, who used to do the Games of Grass podcast with us, he started doing Added Time, mm-hmm. which is a podcast that we, which was like a live podcast that we started with Powered Four TV. We used to do it live on a Sunday, uh, but he sort of inherited the name. Um, and he started doing weekly episodes of that podcast, and it's it's honestly fantastic. His football knowledge is next level, and he's he's putting out a phenomenal weekly football podcast. Yeah, I still really enjoy doing the football podcast. Yeah, so when we start doing like I get like slightly United legends on, so like I interviewed Paul Parker and John. Nice, Kurt. Six o'clock in the morning, I had to interview Paul Parker because he lives in Thailand now, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah, so I had to get him at the time. So it was like eight o'clock in the evening there. So it was like I think it was seven o'clock in the morning here. So it was just <laughs> so, so much stupid. coffee needed to eat yeah. Paul Parker in the morning. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah, and John Curtis and people like this. I was, oh, it was so fun. That's cool though. That's so cool. I mean, all these things you can tell people that you've done this. Pascal Chimbonda just after he won the World Cup. Nice. That's awesome. (laughs) What a name as well to interview. I love that. That's so good. Yeah, but it was back in 2013 when everyone was like, what's a podcast? like, well, just come on and chat to us for 20 minutes about your career. Yeah, what's a podcast? (laughs) Everywhere now, but then, what's a podcast? So you one of the first. Yeah, that's fun. We got got nominated for Best Podcast at the... What's it called? The Football Blogging Awards in 2015. Awesome. That was so fun. That was so fun, yeah. <laughs> so we all trudged off to Manchester. I would love Games and Grass to be nominated for a podcast award just for how stupid it is. I would love mm-hmm. that. I would, I would, it would be the most ridiculously cool thing ever. Yeah. We met like Stan Collymore and John Barnes was the, the co-host of Bianca Westwood. Like, yeah, that's, wow, that's so, cool. So, that's really cool. <laughs> it, was, it was sponsored by Carlsberg. And yeah, so I just kept pulling Carlsberg on the table and we were on the, nice. the, other, the other half of the table was Muslim, so they weren't drinking. So just, just free, free Carlsberg. Nice, just necking Carlsberg. That's quality. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And it's the only time ever I met my co-host, Nick. We've never, that's the only time oh. we've ever met in real life. So we've been Not a bad podcasts. place to meet. Not, not a bad time yeah. to meet. Yeah. We've been doing podcasts together for 10 years. Not once <laughs> in real life. 
Excellent. He lives by Brighton, I live near Liverpool, so we just never meet. Yeah. So. No, that's cool, though. That is very cool. Yeah. I'll put links in the description for if anyone wants to... Definitely do that, yeah, for sure. Yo, this is man like the reason you're listening to Broken Glorious. Alright, so if you're a promoter for a day, promoter an event, so use the wrestlers you've either worked with, interviewed, commentated on. Wrestlers are associated to you in some way. If I give you a match type, you tell me who you put in that match. Yes, for sure. And as it's your show, every match can be three-way, four-way, five-way, intergender. Okay. Throw a stupid stipulation on if you want. It's up to you. <laughs> okay. Okay, so who'll be in your open contest? Get the crowd excited. Get the crowd excited. Uh, I would have I would have Scotty Too Hotty. Yes. <laughs> just to get that crowd hyped up, you know? Um, Harry Russell. Man, this is, this is, it's difficult. I would have him... I'd have to have him wrestle a heel. Yes. Because Scotty Too Hotty has to be the face. I couldn't imagine. When, when it, even when he was... Too hot, Scotty Taylor. I just didn't get him as a. Of course, yeah, as, they were too hot at one point, yeah, weren't they? Yeah. And they were heels. <laughs> yeah. Annoying heels as well. Yeah. Yeah. Lovable heels, I guess. Yeah. Um, I have Scotty too hot face. I would have, and I could have prepared much better for this. But when you, I think it's when you you sit and think about it, you're like, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I would have Scotty too hot face. Jason Joshua, who is someone Ooh, I yes. uh, very, uh, um, yeah, I know very well. Um, yeah, Jason Joshua, Big Daddy Unicorn, as a heel against Scotty Too High in the opening contest. Scotty Too High would have to win. I'd book him to win. Because I'm not having Jason Joshua win. I'm going to say, you have a bit, bit of a feud with Joshua recently. Yeah, yeah I, hey, look, he comes out in Hinkley he throws his shirt at me at every single show. Mm-hmm. And it'll come back to haunt him one day. I promise, <laughs> I promise him that. Yes, he's starting training soon, Joshua. There you go. So. Well, that's it, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Watch yourself. Watch yourself, boy. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, I, I like Josh. <laughs> um, yeah. What about uh, comedy style match? Comedy style. I would have um, RC Chaos, my partner in crime, my comedy partner. I would have it. I would have him, um, and I would have him in a. I'd have him in a singles match against Eddie Cobain, um, who wrestles um, sort of for APW and UKWA, um, and he's very eccentric. Um, and he has uh, scratch my poodle on the back of uh, <laughs> uh, on the back of his on the back of his singlet. So yeah, I would have Eddie Cobain and um, RC Chaos Ooh, in, a, in a in a in a comedy, just a just a fun sort of back and forth Colt Cabana style match. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. You put two comedy people against each other, or do you have a complete straight man and a comedy man? So it's just like, yeah, so I would have two comedy people against each other. Go ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> just go completely ridiculous. You just that you know, you're excited by Scotty Too Hotty beating Jason Joshua, which you definitely would do. Clean one, two, three with the worm, and then you just go, you just go full on ridiculous. And I've seen RC Chaos do karaoke contests in the mm. ring, so you know the two of them, they're they're quite similar in mm. the way. I mean, Eddie Cobain very eccentric, RC Chaos more of a uh, a face type, you know, pump up the crowd kind of guy. I think they could have a really entertaining comedy style match. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, your women's title match? <laughs> oh, Lizzie Evo. So you commentate on some great women. <laughs> so. Actually, honestly, it's <laughs> I've been spoiled. Uh, I go <clears throat> title four-way. Yeah. So I go Lizzie, Lana Austin, uh, yes. who I think is great, by the way. I think Lizzie and Lana are both fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexis Falcon. And again, dude, so spoiled for choice. Charlie Morgan. Yes. Fatal oh, four-way. That, for that'll a, be a fun match. Be a great match. Um, 
Yeah, I can't. I did. Um, Charlie was on the last. She's on all the Wrestle Carnival shows that we do. But uh, uh, she wrestled uh, Chantal Jordan at the last one in like a no holds barred match. And those mm-hmm. two, like, they tore it down, man. They were good. It was so good. Chantal, shout out to Chantal as well. I think she's unbelievable. So young, Stupid. so incredibly <laughs> talented. Um, could literally go all the way. She even twenty? Yeah, I can't remember. She's, no. she's, 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 what's <laughs> she's like? Dark. She's sixteen when she wrestled Joey Janela's in the street. Yeah, yeah she, she was stupid young then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I think she's. I think she's maybe she's eighteen, nineteen now. Yeah. So she's insanely young, ridiculously talented, and she's unbelievably humble as well. So yeah, when she's, she's twenty three, twenty four, she's gonna be sick. I hope she's starts the limit. Honestly, she's she's incredible now, and hmm. yeah, to be honest, I hadn't seen her for a couple of years before I saw her at Wrestle Carnival a couple of weeks back. It was great to see her. She's a great kid. Yeah, um, I, uh, she was against Alexis Falcon at TNT this time last year, and that was the first time I've seen her live. Oh, yeah. God, she's, yeah, she's yeah, so much better live. Than she, well, I've seen, Scott, I've seen her on honestly, YouTube and stuff. It's, it's yeah, sky, sky is the limit. But I, you know what? There's so much incredible female talent in this country. It's <laughs> it's it's honestly insane. We've got the best. We've got the the best women's wrestlers in the world here in this country. Mm-hmm. I, I can firmly believe that, and I think. I think NXT UK, when you know when it was up and running, that roster, that women's roster, was better than any women's women's mm. roster in any promotion in the world. And I will die on that hill. You're saying WWE now? They're all over there. So there's Isla Dawn's yeah. just the, um, the, Turner, uh, I, I can't think. Yeah, I was just trying to think what yeah. it's Alba Fire now, isn't it? It's just Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray. Yeah, I, I was yeah. trying to think what I knew name was. Like Alba Piper Nivens just uh, resurfaced on Raw after that stint yes. do drop. So yeah, well, the the amazing talent that we've produced in this country from a female standpoint is incredible. And you know, I said I said to Lizzie, I was like, I have no doubt that she could reach that pinnacle again, even though now she's not with WWE anymore. I. I'm convinced that she can get back there. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. Uh, and mid-card title match? So like a mid-card title. title. Eric Young, TJ Sky, um, Leon Slater. Oh, he's fun. Unbelievable. Robbie X. <laughs> Joseph Connors. <laughs> I'm going six-pack challenge here. How many is that? Four? Yeah. I did a seminar with Joseph Connors recently. It was so fun. So. Uh, yeah, I'm on a I'm on a show with him tomorrow night, uh, mm. Black Country Championship Wrestling, which I'm really excited for. Oh, there, there's so many, dude. There's so many. <laughs> um, you know, what, take Eric Young out. Let's go, uh, Leon Slater. Let's go yeah. Fatal Four Way again. Leon Slater, Robbie X. <coughs> um, by the way, those two, uh, I saw them. They they tore the house down at Wrestle Carnival the other month. So Leon Slater, Robbie X, uh, Joseph Connors, and Nathan Cruz. Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable contrast of styles there as well. Yeah, yeah, so experienced as well. Just... Yeah, yeah. Um, Leon Slater won the TNT Extreme title recently, and then Crowley cashed in Crowley, on straight yeah. away. Oh, so... I wish I was the the hate he would have got. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a hardcore Extreme Rules style match. So this could be anything from comedy twenty four seven. Hardcore stuff, right up to death match. You can be watching. <laughs> Chantel Jordan. Oh yes, because she's fully capable of it. Um, hot shot Joey Scott. I've seen him have some really good hardcore matches very recently. Um, who else? Uh, Big F in Joe. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> good lord, man. Good lord. Um, 
it's tough because <laughs> it's really tough. I mean, if you're going straight up deathmatch, then mm-hmm. I would just I would I would pick Bam, uh, sorry, Clint Margera and Big Epin Joe. Yeah, but yeah, I, you know, if you were to throw all these people, in fact, <laughs> shout out to Hotshot Jerry Scott and Chantel Jordan. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to go uh, Big Epin Joe, Clint Margera, mm-hmm. and Spike Trevay. Oh, Spike Trevay. Yeah, I saw him have a uh, he had a, a DNA death match mm-hmm. uh, against uh, Big Joe. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, your tag team title match? Mm, Bolarama. They're fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, uh, Pure Beef, Will Cruz, and... Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, Pure Beef. And then to your main events? Mm. Crowley has to be in there, one of the most consistent performers in the world at the minute, I would say. Yeah. Um. Let's try like us Jim into that uh, tag team match. Let's have a triple threat tag team match. Yes. Uh, this card's a mess. <laughs> it's <Sure>. amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the thing is, you okay. work with so many people, it's so difficult. So there's people I'd love to get in there, like Big Guns Joe. I love mm. Big Guns Joe. But, you know, I think when you when you think about it, it's too much. And you're like, God, there's this person, there's that person. Um Lots of people to, in the past have gone. Well, would have it. Would have a pre-show battle royal with everybody I ever mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have a rumble. Yeah, if someone, if someone can do the raffle or something. Um, okay, Crowley for sure in there with Eric Young. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to put TJ Sky in there as well because I'm such a huge fan of TJ Sky and he's done a lot for me, uh, getting me into the into the business anyway. And he's an unbelievable competitor, underrated, I think. Um, so Crowley, TJ Sky, Derice, Derice, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, just everywhere it. at the minute. He's, yeah. he's everyone's champion. I'm pretty certain of that at this point. Yeah, he got he got, he got about seventy quid out of a drunk Chris this time last year. Uh, nice. <laughs> I a hoodie, two t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the show tomorrow night as well. Him and uh, <laughs> him and Dan Maloney. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's go Crowley. Eric Young, TJ Sky, and Derice. Yes. Fatal four way. Fatal four elimination. <laughs> Elim- we'll go elimination, yeah. Yes. But I, I, I don't know who would win. No. Oh, that's amazing card. It's like a Brit WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, I'd, I'd need another night. I'd need two nights worth of, of card to be able to get everybody on that I like. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good. Cool. So, what's the show you're, you're discussing? Yeah, Black Country Championship Wrestling tomorrow night. It's um, Yeah, I guess by the time this podcast comes out, it would have been gone. But uh, pretty certain it's going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, no, it's coming out tomorrow. Oh, it is coming out tomorrow. Well, I'm, yeah. tonight then, I'm doing Black Country <laughs> But the, the show is actually sold out. It's in Tipton. Uh, it's, it's an unbelievable car. Black Country Championship Wrestling, this is going to be my debut for them. Oh, wow. Black Country yeah. is co-owned by RC Chaos. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he's brought me in to do commentary with him for this show and the shows going forward. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be my commentary debut for them tomorrow. It's sold out at Tipton at Allen Sports Bar, and I'm really excited for it. So, That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. It's just a few matches you've mentioned so far. Sounds like an amazing card. So. Yeah, it's going to be nuts, honestly. It's going to be nuts. Cool. So, where else can people see you in the near future? Uh, I'm going to be at Wrestling in Hinkley 11th, uh, sorry, APW on the 4th of March in Telford. 
wrestling in Hinckley on the 11th of March in Hinckley. Um, uh, Slam Masters in Cardiff. It's another great game, Slam Masters. Yeah. Saturday Night Slam uh, Masters. Yeah, <laughs> I love Slam playing Slam that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I've got that on my Switch, right? And it is so difficult now. But when you go back and play it now, it's so hard. Oh, like, so, I, well, yeah, I've, I've not played it since what, the 90s. <laughs> dude, it's so difficult, believe me. Um, yeah, Slam Masters. Um, uh, then S- there's an SWA show that I'm going to be doing. Um, honestly, it's, this is probably going to be amazing. my busiest year, but I'm all over the place here. So. Sounds good. Uh, you, can, you can find me anyway. If you, if, you, if, I, if you are at a show and there's commentary there and you see me, just come and say <laughs> hello. I'll always say hello. Cool. And before I go, do you want to promote any social media you have? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter at Sunny underscore club. Because somebody has already got at Sunny Club, which I'm fuming about. He doesn't even use his Twitter. His Twitter's just dormant and I can't use it. And then I'm at Sunny Club on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, I'll put links in the description to, all, to your social media and to all your podcasts and everything. Yeah, everything everywhere is, is basically me summed up. Yeah. Cool. So I've really enjoyed speaking to you today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. That was a lot of fun. Yes, definitely. So. Yeah, we'll definitely, definitely love to come on again.